All right, Adam. We're recording, buddy. Um, first of all, thank you so much for taking this time to, uh, to be here with me. You're a huge inspiration to me in a number of categories. Um, you're, you're a dad. Uh, you're, I think you manage uh, a gym and coach at a gym. Uh, you're an incredible athlete. Uh, you're an ex Division One. Was it Rutgers? I was for Rutgers. Yeah, good memory. Yeah, and um, yeah, Division One soccer player. Uh, I got mad respect for soccer players uh, now these days. Back in like college, I didn't. But once I married <laughs> one, and I realized how tough they are, that I got I got mad respect for you guys now. And uh, those are just a couple of things off the top of my head that. Uh, have definitely inspired you've inspired me with, and uh, also just like you seem like a very present and proud husband and father, and also a man of faith. And these are these are all um, things that I hold very high values for too. I I own a gym. I help manage the gym. I coach, and I also was a um, division one athlete and still compete to this day and just had our first kid. And, uh, I absolutely adore my wife. And those are just some, some things that I'd like to kind of chat with you about today. So just thank you for being here. And I love you, man. Yeah. Well, Hey, love you too, man. And thanks for having me on. And when you messaged me about coming on, I was super excited because one, thank you for saying all those things, because those are the things that I try to portray, but it's, funny to hear you say that you admire me because I think I admire you in the same way. I think we have a lot of similarities. Um, you know, I love your, you know, your faith and how you show that and that you're a very present husband and father too. And I'm beyond excited that you now have a little one of your own and you get to experience that. Um, but I think athletically we're somewhat similar of athletes. So I think just from day one, very early on in my CrossFit career, you were one of the guys that I looked up to. Like, I want to be like that guy. So not a lot of big guys, you know, not a lot of big guys. It's, and it's, tough. Well. it's tough to be a big guy in the sport. It's like, it's if you hard. don't train right, it could being a big guy in CrossFit can be really hard on the body. So you got to be, you got to be a really smart exerciser to thrive in the CrossFit space as a large, as a large athlete. And, uh, and we'll, I would love to get into some of that training, but I would imagine a lot of your podcast right now that you're doing are probably uh, around um, one of the most remarkable feats of, of all time, your, your 500-pound back squat and your sub-five-minute uh, mile in the same day. And did you also, was there a pull-up aspect in there too? Yeah, I did the pull-ups because Castro put that in his book that he wanted to <laughs> complete the triangle and throw something upper body in. So, uh, yeah, but that's what all of, all of the podcasts have pretty been pretty much been about. And it's funny, I didn't make a huge deal about it when I was doing it. I think it was you in didn't. the time where everybody everybody was kind of in quarantine. And I know it sounds cliche, like I just wanted to do it for myself, mm. but like there was no competition. There was nothing to be had from doing this except I just needed a goal and I needed to prove to myself what my body was capable of. And it kind of blew up way more than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. What's your, do you have a, uh, a dream goal or objective, um, right now that you're kind of working towards? Well, I think ever since I hit this goal and because running was a big part of that goal, um, I think my 
focus is shifting a little bit. Not not necessarily away from CrossFit. I still want to do as well as I can. But again, like yourself, I'm a bigger guy and one an unbelievable amount of respect for how well you've done in your career as a CrossFitter being a bigger guy. Like it's just one of those things like I don't know if I'm ever going to make the CrossFit game. Yes, that's a goal, but you know, and now especially having a kid and a second one on the way, I don't know that I'm willing to make the sacrifices mm-hmm. and I've heard you talk about this too family-wise, to put myself in a position where I can make the game. So I think a lot of my goals now and aspirations are shifting. I love CrossFit. I'm going to do the Open. I'm going to do as well as I can, and I'm going to take the opportunities that come with that. But like a long-term goal, like I would love to do an Ironman. Ooh, yeah. Um, I think that's just something I want to check off my bucket list. And immediate goal, I'm actually going to be racing – high rocks races which is kind of a cool combination between uh crossfit and some endurance it's some longer running uh if i had to explain it it's like a, a cross between your spartan race and crossfit so okay. it's an 8k race it's an 8k race and every 1k you stop running and you have a workout and those workouts vary between a 1k row a sled push 100 wall balls, a 1K ski, um, and it's about an hour race. And there, there's a pro division, and I actually signed with High Rocks to race for them in the 2021 season. They signed me, and then they signed Sam Briggs for Europe. Ooh, Sammy. So be- <laughs> She's something else, man. Something was, else, yeah. I, I was just she talking. Might, she might be in this. <laughs> I was just talking. I used to train with Sam Briggs back in 2014. And I love sharing this. I was just, me and her were just talking about it a couple days ago. But um, I, uh, I pissed myself trying to keep up with her twice, <laughs> twice. And, and, and I'm sh- like, no shame in that. Honestly, like it, I was literally just pushing my body to its absolute limits where like things were shutting down and I, my, my faculties no longer worked and I, I peed myself um, trying to keep up with her. And uh, in one of the workouts, I was certain. I was like, there's no way she can beat me in this. Like, it was just yeah. all, all in my wheelhouse. And somehow, she just, like, she's got some grit, man. She's one of the she's toughest engines on the planet. So that's like I, quite an honor for you to get to be endorsed. But is it High Rocks? It's High Rocks. Yeah, I think uh, last year, Jacob Hepner and Chandler Smith did one. They raced. Hunter McIntyre. So oh, Hunter. there's been some set up them. Another good yeah, one. Yeah, so I, I'm supposed to have a trip to Germany in like three weeks if my passport comes in, but I would be racing against Hunter. But he's so, uh, oh, he's I an impressive guy too. He's so impressive. So we'll see what I'm capable of. I haven't done one yet, so I don't quite know if I'll be good at it. But I guess you'll you'll learn as you go. And I guess every race I'll probably get a little bit better. But I hope they don't stack the guys and the girls together because I don't want to go against Sam Briggs. No. To what you're saying. <laughs> no, that'll get in your head, boy. Bro. If, if you are, you just got to stay in your lane, man. Don't worry about what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that's going to be hard to do. <laughs> I just saw, uh, I just, well, it sounds like you're, you're, pre- you're prepping pretty well for it. I, th- I think I saw you just uh, put up a pretty good uh, 5K time, uh, 1852. Yeah, pretty de- decent for a big guy. I guess. Yeah, not bad. I, I've, well, as you know, as a big guy, if we're going to thrive in in the sport of uh, fitness, we definitely we have to be um, 
we have to be good runners. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. obviously as a big guy, you're, you're going to be strong and you're going to be able to handle the weights. Even if you didn't lift for an entire year, uh, you would still be in the upper percentages of uh, capacity wise uh, with your strength stuff. So uh, I, a lot of our, I bet our training looks probably really similar and, and I have to spend a lot of time on the track if I'm wanting to be competitive at the yep. CrossFit games. So um, I, I haven't ever really poured myself into my, a mile time, but I've, I've definitely trained really, 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 really hard to get some good 5k times. And, um, so I got, I got mad respect for your, your 1852. Uh, I did. A, what, would, what would you say as a big guy, your biggest weaknesses in the sport of CrossFit? Um, g- gymnastics, you know, yeah. it's, it's, um, and moving in particular, um, handstand pushups. And a lot of it's kind of like a, um, I could be good at them, but I've gotten to a point in my life too, where, and it's, it's kind of, it reminds me of what we were talking about when we first started, there's certain things that I'm not really willing to sacrifice anymore. And my, my health is one of those things. And with handstand pushups, when you weigh 220, 230 pounds, I don't care how, how gentle you are coming down. It's a lot of compression on your neck and just being an ex football guy, like, and with concussions and neck injuries, like it's just, I have a really hard time wanting to do those because of how hard it is on my body. So I end up having to do just a lot of upright pressing. And it seems like no matter how much pressing you do standing upright, it, it like almost doesn't help you with your handstand pushups. Like you have to do handstand pushups if you want to be good at exact position upside down standing. And and I, and I agree with you because I, I wanted to know because that is my weakness and chipping's fine, but strict handstand pushups or parallel or anything harder. Like I just feel like I can pour hours upon hours upon hours of work to gain inches and still be, and still be that far away from, you know, your guys like Ben Smith, who I train with every day. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, if I'm going to put time, I obviously, you know, you probably do too. You like doing things you're good at. Right. And if you only have an hour in the gym, I want to spend an hour working on handstand pushups, you know? So a lot of my, a lot of my training when it comes to games time, I'm, I'm running a lot and, um, and just, I'm doing a lot of gymnastics stuff and a lot of upright pressing again, because I'm still not really willing to compromise the, my health and wellness, uh, for the sake of sport and points. Um, and it's, and and it's, and what's that? I said, I honestly wish, wish if they took one movement out, it was handstand pushups for that reason. Yeah. Not because I can't, but just for everybody's health and wellness. Yeah. Um, that's, I've torn both of my pecs doing, uh, ring dips and, um, and that's, that's kind of my like nemesis and, or thing that I wish that competitive, well, or competitions wouldn't, wouldn't program. I, um, so that's, that's another one that I'm kind of, yeah. uh, kind of against, but, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, I, I really enjoy the process though, of being a, a bigger athlete and, and finding ways to be competitive against guys that weigh, you know, 20, 30 pounds less than me. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoy that. And, uh, how much does Ben weigh? 
190 to 200, just depending on the time. He rarely pushes 200, 190 to 195. Gosh, so it, it is cool. I what you're saying. It's cool to be able to like put up a time against somebody that's 20 pounds lighter than you in a workout that doesn't always favor you. Like that process is fun and getting better at those things and getting, getting closer and closer to a guy that's 190 pounds and being able to do the same things that they can do. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I have a feeling that you're going to, you're with as much time and effort as you're putting into your, your running right now. I have a feeling that you're might be able to break that 18 minute mark. I'm not sure if you have any goals with your 5k, but, um, and I think in 2000, uh, would have been 2019. I think I did a 1830. Um, yeah. but that's that I wasn't training the short distance stuff. Like I was running, you know, five to five, five K's and 10 K's a couple times a week. And, um, and I also had the, uh, an, a really nice training advantage of being in San Diego. Um, so yeah. lots of, uh, I, lots of Hills and lots of running in the sand and, um, they got these mini dunes kind of on uh, Coronado beach that were really advantageous to, to getting my running capacity up for that longer distance stuff. So I really look forward to, uh, watching your, um, your progression with that longer distance stuff. And, and, and also very excited to see you in this high rock stuff. I think, uh, I think it's gonna, you know, make you a, a better athlete and make you a more competitive athlete and, it's going to be exciting to see uh, how you do fare um, in, in, in CrossFit this year as well as the High Rocks competition. So keep the good work up, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, just trying to keep myself busy, but it's a, it's a good transition for me. Um, and again, I've, I, I enjoy the faster stuff. Like I like the track workouts where you put a few 200s, 400s, maybe an 800 in there, and then you're done. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of some more all out efforts. So the 5k, 10k is something I'm, I'm like just venturing into. So, um, yeah, it's something that I, I really want to train for a little bit more. That was probably the first time I really like raced the 5k. Like I've done like once a year, your Turkey trot or yeah. your you know Christmas run, like with my wife and we would put up respectable times, you know, 21, 22 minutes running around a neighborhood, you know, <laughs> you know, stuff, whatever that is. So, um, it was cool. I think I definitely learned a lot from racing just that first 5K and like truly racing it um, and uh, trying to figure out some paces there. So I, I didn't really know what my body was going to feel like. How's uh, is his name? Um, I, I, I could be wrong. I'm not like I don't stalk you every day or anything, but uh, <laughs> uh, is it Nick Bear? Yeah, Nick Bear. Nick Bear. Is he the owner of BPN? He owns BPN. Yep. He seems like a specimen. He is. They, one, he's an awesome human being. Um, but yeah, he's training for an Ironman right now. Cool. Um, the last 5K I saw him run, he ran it at 194 pounds and he ran like an 8, uh, 1831. But I'm, I think he can run that way faster now. What a stud, dude. He's a stud. He, I mean, he's just a workhorse too. And I mean, he's a guy who went from our size, maybe even a little bit bigger he did bodybuilding and then powerlifting and now he's just been dropping weight. And I mean, the dude is one, he's shredded because he's had all that muscle to begin with. Wow. But he's, I mean, he's just crushing it right now. Does he, uh, does he live near you? Are you able to train with him pretty frequently? Oh, so they're in Austin, Texas. Oh, so I've been down there to visit them. Um, and we've run together and man, he's like, I ran with him probably three weeks after I did my mile. 
and he's just a strong runner. Like, you know, he's, we're probably about the same speed on average on a lot of things, but like the last push of a lap or like he, man, he's got it right. Like he's mm. strong. Wow. Um, not that I should be giving you any, uh, coaching advice on running, but, um, one of the, Dude, I, one of the greatest things that I've done for myself, uh, it just, it brought it to my attention when you said he's a strong runner, um, getting strong feet, um, is what's really, really taken my running to a whole nother level and, uh, doing a little bit of barefoot training. And, um, and I'm not sure if you've gotten into that much, but the stronger them you can make them piggies, man, like it, it pays off. So if you haven't dabbled in any barefoot stuff, it is very funny you say that. So being a bigger guy, I have some pretty bad plantar fasciitis. And I, man, I've done everything from dry needling to ART to, re, you know, everything. And, you know, and it was just got to the point where I felt like I couldn't manage it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try going the opposite route and I'm going to get my feet strong. So I've got like three pairs of those Vivo barefoot shoes yes. that I wear all the time. I'm starting to even work out with them and run with them. I've got, <laughs> I'm sitting up in my room. I have these like toe spacers. Yep. Correct, to, like, correct toes. Yeah. Like I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what you're saying. So that's funny that you said that because, but I feel, I feel so much stronger in my running right now mm. and far less pain than I've ever had. Um, it's, uh, I use, um, what are they called? Earth runners. It's like a sandal. And, yeah. um, and, and another thing too, um, with myself and with my clients, when, when anyone's like back is starting to bother them or knees or hips, I, I take the shoes off and it, it tends to be very, very restorative, uh, for, I mean, it's your foundation, right? I mean, it is no. your, it's the first thing it's, it's what's connecting you to the ground and, and it's what you're, you know, if you got weak feet, it's even made like my back squat even better deadlifts better because, you know, things aren't collapsing. And, um, yeah. so cool. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're dabbling into that and yeah. you're definitely going to notice huge, huge results and more things than just, just your running too. So, um, I agree. it's, uh, it's also quite interesting, uh, to have someone take their shoes off and try to do things that they would normally do with shoes, like say rebounding a box jump. If you take someone's <laughs> shoes off who can normally rebound a box jump, most people can't do it. They're terrified can, yeah. of it. And it use that a lot. Yes. And it really, not, not it, all, the, all the time. It puts things in perspective too. It's like, uh, if you, if you can't do this with your shoes off, like not that that's completely applicable to everything, then, then, you know, you should maybe kind of rethink what you are doing with your shoes on and thinking how, how is that, uh, how is that impact, um, um, maybe harming, harming your body. There's some amazing studies that show like the more padding that you have uh, underneath the, the sole of your foot, the more of an impact that you'll actually allow. Probably not much different than if we were to put a football helmet on, we would maybe hit someone a lot harder than if we didn't have any gear That's on. That's a good analogy, yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun, to, fun to see how, how people are truly able to perform once you take the, their shoe helmets off. Yeah, the, the performance elements that, it, you know, everybody's trying to buy the, the next and greatest shoe or piece of equipment. And, you know, 
I can argue that you probably don't need it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, I want to I want to talk to you about something that I've noticed a lot since uh, since the birth of our daughter, and, and wondering if if you've noticed something similar. Um, and I think it's it's fair to assume that before either of us had kids, we were already pretty disciplined individuals with our nutrition and our training and our work and and our our home and personal lives. Uh, did you notice in like a a leveling up of your discipline once your child came? Like I found myself much more organized. Um, uh, I managing my time much better. And honestly, like, I feel like I'm more productive, even though I have more of a challenge in front of me. Have you noticed something similar? 100%. And I think the one that I noticed the most you nailed on the head was managing your time. Because I think you're going to find that the things that you maybe were selfish about in the past, your training, things that you enjoy doing for your personal self, you don't have as much time to do that anymore. So I think you learn how to manage that better. And I think if you can, if you manage that better, you manage all the other elements in your life better. Um, and something that I've, I've learned, and I think, you know, a guy like yourself, you've already learned this too, but now adding a child into your life, you have so many different elements of your life and you have so many things that you have to do and fit in in a day. And I think a lot of people approach each day where they take a hundred percent of themselves and spread it thin across all the different elements of their day, where I think I've learned to take the approach where, you know, you have so, so many things to do. And instead of putting 20% of your efforts in this and 15% of your effort in that, if you can diligently still put a hundred percent of your effort and all of your focus into that hour of your day when you're training and you know, when the hour you're with your son or daughter, if you put all of your focus into that, like you're exhausted by the end of the day, but I think that's how you continue to be successful. And I think you're going to touch on this with being present with your children. Um, but that's kind of where I'm leading with that also. Um, I've just found that that has been what's led me to success because, you know, when I was doing this mile and back squat, I didn't have a ton of time to train you know, we were in quarantine and I've had Noah all day with my wife. Like she, she, my wife was working and I wasn't. Oh, so I'm a son. So, you know, the time I got to train, I learned how to put a hundred percent of my effort and not be on my phone and not be focused on other things, but just focus on that for the time that I had. And then I go inside, I have my son and I'm focused on him. And I think that's helped our relationship, you know, mine and my son's, but also mine and my wife's. And it's, it's really helped all aspects of my life. Yeah. Um, another thing that I've really noticed, um, and, and I mean, Jenny and I've been married for seven years. Uh, how long yep. uh, your wife's name again? Shay. Shay. And I just, yeah, start, I, I just started following her. So, <laughs> um, um, how long have you guys been together? Coming up on four here. Cool. And, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time together. We work together, we work out together, we compete together. Um, and I thought, I thought we were doing really, really good communication wise and, and all, all sorts of aspects, uh, doing really, really good. And I didn't realize how much better we could communicate until we had this little baby, this little, 
and I'm not like, I'm not sitting here <laughs> telling people that you should, you should have a kid and it's just going to make you, you know, th- no. thrive and you're going to, you're <laughs> going to do everything better. Um, but this child has definitely, um, it's just upregulated us and, and our, uh, our ability to, um, communicate with each other in a very connective and harmonious way, um, has, has really, really improved. And I, even though you've been with Shea for, for four years, have you also noticed like you've, you guys have yeah. improved your communication skills with one another? A hundred percent. It's almost like you have to, because mm. there's two ways you can go. It's like you can communicate better or it's a, I feel like it's a really slippery slope. And if you lose that patience with one, one another, and if you don't communicate, like, I feel like it can go downhill fast. Yeah. So I think it's really taught me how to be even more patient and more understanding. And again, just the, the communication has definitely, it's definitely helped our relationship and, and gotten that much better. And it also makes things so much smoother when you have a kid, right? Like I learned that I can't assume what she's thinking or feeling as well as I thought I could, you know, because, and I don't know, and you may be finding this where, Sometimes your wife's emotions don't make sense and you learn to be patient with it. Like I had no idea that a couple week old baby could hurt somebody's feelings. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know if you've experienced that, but you know, once, uh, once Stark starts communicating more, I think you're going to find times where, you know, they don't want Jen or she doesn't want a nurse mm. or she you know, something that seemed natural and just happened all the time, every time the child starts to change and they take it personally because I think they have a, they feel like it's their personal responsibility for the well-being of this child. And when they don't want to eat like they usually do or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. it hurts their feelings. Yeah, And I had learned that that's just part of it and I can't do anything about there, but be patient and be there for them and it'll pass. And, you know, it's, it, it's kind of a learning curve there, but I think that's an interesting element that you're going to find here as target older. Yeah. And, and we've already, we've talked about that. No, like the anticipation of knowing that because mm-hmm. the child early on is very, very dependent on mom. Like mom's pretty much like, like it's mom and baby pretty much right now. And we yeah. both know that. What's that? Yeah, so they could care less about you. You're a warm body to nap on. <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes she opens her eyes and looks at me and she's like, wait a second. Like, you're, you're not where I get my food from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, soon, uh, but soon, baby stars, you know, probably going to want to spend time with dad. And, uh, yeah, so that's definitely very helpful for me and any other – um, soon to be parents to, to hear, uh, so that you, you can hold that space for your spouse when, when they do have their, their feelings hurt and, uh, and, and not make them, uh, I guess feel worse. Just, yeah, just hold loving patient space for them. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, we're in a stage where we're kind of transitioning out of it, but there was a few weeks there where he only wanted dad. Mm. And I felt like I almost had to go out of my way to make sure that he was, I was doing my best to 
have him show that he was loving his mama still as best as he could. But I mean, there would be times where I remember, you know, our routine is I give him a bath, I read him a book, mom comes in, we say goodnight, put him to bed, but I'll usually like sit with her. And there was like a few weeks where he wanted nothing to do with sitting with mom. He didn't want to give her a kiss goodnight. And it's like, you know, I'm like, man, I'm pushing him to, he doesn't want to and ruins the rest of the night. (laughs) So be prepared for that. Thanks for the heads up. Heads up. It's, it's going to happen. And you know, I think as a female, they're going to take it how they're, they're going to take it, which will probably be not the best just because it's their baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until then, they've pretty much done everything to keep that child alive. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's just phases, you know? Yeah, I would imagine they're, you know, no matter how good your hormones are and how well you yeah. eat and how much sleep you get and how much headspace you have. I would imagine it's it's hard to not feel s- like this mild betrayal almost in in those yeah. moments. So yeah. Um, well, just props to you, man, for you know being so patient. And you do you learn you learn you learn that you are ca- you're capable. You're capable 100%. of being patient. And and um, in times with Jen, even before the baby, I I didn't really understand my the capacity for my patients and uh it almost makes me kind of feel bad that it and it it is this way with a lot of things too sometimes it takes a catastrophic injury sometimes it takes an illness sometimes it might take a child for us to realize you know maybe what's important and what we're capable of doing and and how we need to be doing yeah i think you know you being a coach yourself you probably view yourself as a very patient person. I've seen the work you do and the way you coach people and you probably thought you were patient, but I think it opens up a whole new level of that. Once you have a child, Mm, it sure, it sure has. And it's, and I, you know what, in a way, probably a similar way that your, your, your wife has felt, um, you know, I've, I've actually kind of felt it towards Jenny a little bit, and I'm sure she's felt it towards me too. We're like, you know, you've never, you never, you were never this patient with me. <laughs> and like, and like, you know, do you, do you love this child more than me? How come you never did it? Not that she's ever really said these things. Oh yeah. But, uh, but I, I've even felt that too, where you see how, like, I've seen how, how patient and nurturing and calm and, how soft spoken Jenny is with the child versus like, like you never talk to me like that. (laughs) What's up? Like, am am I not your baby? Every couple probably like secretly thinks that, but just doesn't say anything. Mm, Well, I'm glad we're talking about it, man, because um, there's, there's no real great formal education for stepping into uh, parenthood. And uh, it kind of angered me a little bit that I'm like, how is nobody talking about this? How is nobody giving us a heads up and, and, and trying to educate us on, I like, I'm like, I think this should be like in in elementary school. Like we should be (laughs) like, and just because it is such a, it's, it's a huge responsibility 
and yeah. and you know maybe one of the greatest callings that any of us will ever have uh, is to be to be a parent yet there's yes there's books out there but just no one's really talking about it so i'm really glad that you and i are getting the time um to share this stuff with each other and to share it with an audience so that we can we can start uh getting this information out there and 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 kind of starting maybe a, a revolution with with our education and our understanding with um with communication and patience and and uh and we both you and i had such a great foundation for uh coming into this transition with of of parenthood uh just through you know our work ethic and being disciplined and uh and nutrition has been a huge one like i mean if you're not getting fed like you're oh, yeah. you're going to be cranky and your body's not going to be performing optimally and i think to myself like i'm like i already feel like i have maybe a greater foundation than most through my experiences in fitness and yep. owning a gym and coaching and all that stuff. And it, it kind of makes my heart hurt a little bit for other people who don't understand the importance of, of nutrition and don't maybe understand how to manage their time well and don't understand how to grind. Um, and, but uh, I, I hope that this, uh, this recording can help, um, help motivate people and inspire people and, and educate people on the, some of the most important aspects of, of what we're doing. Yeah. I think you talking about nutrition, I think that's something really cool. I think if you take a look at you being a parent and anybody being a parent, when life is thrown at you fast like that, when you have a kid and everything seems chaotic and you know, you don't know what hour in the day it is, I know not everybody may think this, but I feel like nutrition is probably the easiest thing that you can actually control that will benefit you the most during that time. Mm. So I think that's really cool that you brought that up um, because there's a lot of things you can't control. Like there's can't control how many times the baby gets up in the middle of the night. You can't control how much sleep you're getting. You know, there's, there's things that you just can't control, but I think that's probably the most beneficial thing that you really can control if you put just a little bit of effort into it. And I think that pays dividends, but here's a, here's a fun one for you. So how weird was it? You know, you had the baby and then put the baby in your hands. Okay. See ya. All right. I hope you guys do well. And I guess you guys know what you're doing. And you're looking at this thing like, wait, what do, wait, what do we do? Like, I think you had the luxury and we, I did too of having immediate family pretty close, but I can't imagine somebody who has a baby and their family's not there or not close, but like you get this, fragile, fragile living being and your responsibility is keeping this thing alive. I just remember when we got discharged from the hospital two days after and we're walking to the car with a baby in our hand and we're looking at each other, we're putting in the car and we're like, like we're doing this. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what the rest of the day is going to be like. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. There's no playbook. And, There's no rule book. And I think to speak to what you were saying just a second ago about like, it's nice that we're talking about this. I want to put a disclaimer that there is an element that you can read as many books as you want and you can listen to as many podcasts as you want, but there is just an element that like you don't under, you can't fully 
grasp what anybody tells you prior to you having a baby until you have a baby. I think whatever that combination is of a couple hours of sleep and all the stress of trying to keep this thing alive that like once you're in it, like you're like, I think somebody told me about this, but like this is hard or I don't remember, I don't know what to do here. Or the amount of times I think we found ourselves doing like saying like, is this right? Like, are we doing this right? (laughs) I mean, now that we're having our second baby going through it one time, I feel completely different the second time around. Mm. And I think, like a lot of the little things we experienced, we just know is okay. I mean, I remember sleeping at night and Noah slept in our room in a bassinet for the first couple of weeks. And my poor wife got zero sleep because any little noise he made, she was up needs thinking me. something was wrong. Baby needs me. Dude, like, and I'm like, he's fine. But I, th- but I think he's breathing fast. I, I, he, sa- he sounds congested, like... And in the long run, he's fine. He's a human. He's going to be okay. Like, you know, and I think this time going into our second child, we know that. And I, I think it'll be completely different. But again, I think it's just that element of the unknown and not experiencing things. Like, I never heard anything about the noises a baby makes when they're sleeping and if they're going to be okay. Like, You know what I'm saying? So, like, we're laying next to each other wondering. And I'm like, no, he's fine. You'll be okay. And then I'm laying there like, is he going to be okay? Like, <laughs> they sound like a gosh darn bulldog or something over there. Just like <laughs> the noises that come out of a baby are incredible. But um, yeah, yeah the, the, the preparation for it, I read, I think I read over 20 books. I took courses like actual certifications in pre and postnatal care. Um, I, we met with uh, a doula. Uh, multiple times, probably did over like 30 hours with our doula. We probably did over 30 hours with our midwife. And, uh, and I probably put in over 200 hours of research and none of it like helped. None of it, like none of it actually (laughs) prepared me at all. (laughs) Yeah. Like this wasn't in the book. Like what is (laughs) dude? And like, you're right. And right when that baby came out, Jenny goes, oh my God, we have a baby. What do I do with it? (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. We had a, our experience was very unique. We ended up, we did a home birth and I saw it amazing. And, um, and I thought the whole time I'm like, man, we have, we have busted our ass to prepare. And like you said, there's nothing, there's no level of research there's, you could watch as many videos as you want of a birth, of a birth happening. Nothing prepares you for that. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I just watched it. Yep. It reminds me <laughs> of like kind of prepping for the CrossFit games. You can, you can train all you want. You can check out, you can do all, you could do all the workouts from last year's games, but nothing truly can prepare you for this unknown experience. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done to watch, to watch my wife birth that child that. Yeah. And I think we had very different experiences, which, which is cool. Um, so you had a home birth, which is beautiful and 
I'm glad that we didn't choose to do that because our child was so big that my wife was in labor for 22 hours and then ended up having to get a C-section. So I think for me, it, it was very hard when, you know, we've been there for over 20 hours and she got rolled away and I had to suit up and I was the only one in there and I'm, and I walk in this room and my wife is sliced in half from the waist down. Oh my gosh. And bro. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. Just the experiences that you go through. And, uh, I know you have learned that women are amazing. Way and tougher. We, and, and, and prior to that, we don't understand women and we think they're crazy. And then they give, they give birth to a child. And then I don't think we can ever say that again. Like I just, you know, you have this whole new appreciation for what a woman can do and they're way stronger than me and you. Yeah. And they, (laughs) and it's crazy. You get, you get, you know, you hear of dad strength and that I learned, I like, well, I learned that that is, it's actually a very real thing. And, but I, I got dad strength. Jen got superpowers. Like she like, and, and then from me witnessing that is where I got my dad's strength. Just being a witness of that experience is where like, even now in a workout, like I can, I will just remind myself before and, and I'll still do this. I'll think of like Jesus being nailed to a cross. If dude can do that, I can, I can suffer through a workout, but, yeah. but you know, it's, it's hard to really understand that experience without witnessing it. You know, you can read as much as you want about it and you can dig into the actual, like, you know, the, this, like, uh, you know, I, I, you've probably read some people where they like, they'll break down the actual, like physical experience of a crucifixion. Like. Yep. And, uh, and you just, it, it's just like reading all those books, trying to prepare for the birth of your child. It doesn't matter how much you read and how much you train and, and how much preparation you do. Nothing will ever prepare you for it. But witnessing my wife give birth has definitely helped me out quite a bit where I'm like, if she can do that, I can at least do this. And I think about that quite often. Yeah. Wow. And I can't imagine how my heart would feel seeing my wife cut open. It was just one of those things where I like, I felt helpless because I couldn't do anything. It was out of my control, you know? So, you know, you walk in there and the only thing you can do is I had my phone and the music she wanted to listen to. And I just laid there, you know, I I sat there with her by her head and, you know, she cried and I couldn't do anything. But like the moment that they pulled that baby out and she'll say that to this day, like, you'll do that 10 times over for the moment of meeting your child. Ooh, so yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I could say that. I, I can't, I can't, I cannot, I can't, I, I, so after we labored for about maybe 18 or 20 hours, I was, I was exhausted. I, I had, I had met my limit and yeah. that was, that was the worst that I felt knowing that I had, reached a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't support my wife anymore. I was a little, I was mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausted. And I, I, I had to take a break and I yeah. like, it broke my heart because she couldn't, Jen had no, yeah. ch- they have no choice. Like you're in yeah. that. And I, I went upstairs and I wept and I prayed 
on my hands and knees and beg God for mercy for about two hours. And just like it is, it's weird to feel that helpless and, and watching someone you love so much. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Um, good, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we're, we're getting to talk about this and, and cause I, again, I've done a lot of research, listened to a lot of stuff and just like, there's definitely, there's not enough of this type of information out there to help just kind of frame things up. Again, you can't, you, you can't truly understand it, but at least hearing, hearing this stuff can, can definitely help you, um, uh, cope a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think you realize that like, all right, I'm not the only one that's going through this or has gone through this. Like ev- everybody, goes, isn't, that, isn't that the crazy thing about all this? That like, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody does this. Everybody, everybody understands each other who has kids, right? Dude, yeah. mad, mad respect. I got mad respect. I don't care how you did it. If you did it in a hospital, at home, the like, I got mad respect for any mother and father out there that that go through that experience. And it does. It blows my mind because I feel, no, I don't, not like arrogantly putting myself up on a pedestal, but I, I feel like a pretty tough, cultured, well-experienced guy. And yeah. I'm, and I'm like, we got this, we got this, you know, if, if everyone else is doing it, like we got this and then you're doing it and you're like, how has everyone else done this? <laughs> how? I feel like I'm one of the toughest dudes on the planet and, yeah. and I'm struggling. <laughs> Eight pound a human is breaking me. Dude, you got a big baby, bro. Uh, he's, he's in the 99 point something percentile in everything. Dude. So, I mean, dude, I'm glad because the dude came out with a big dome, but, it, you know, he's he's talking up a storm now. I, I can't wait for you. And it's a double-edged sword because every day we're like, I don't want him to get any bigger or like I miss when he – was a quote baby. He's a little over one and a half now. Uh, but man, when they start talking, it is the greatest thing in the world. And I think you get a real appreciation of the influence you have over another mm. person, your child, as when they start just picking up things that you do and mimicking things that you do and repeating things. And you'll quickly realize repeating things that you don't want them to say. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I got to watch what I'm saying. For example, today, my son's funny. He'll be running around and then just freeze where he, where he is, get all red face. He's taking a dump and he says, poop. And, uh, you know, this morning he smelled awful, awful. So I was, I was like, dude, you smell like a garbage truck. So the whole day he's been saying, smell like garbage truck. And I'm like, oh, God, like, sorry, bro. Like, <laughs> but little things like that. That was a, you know, a small example. But um, I'm just really excited for myself, but also for you, what, us as dads and as parents, we're going to be able to teach you. Today. Yeah. It's made me be a lot more aware and mindful of, of my actions. Um, even since the, the conception of our child, it's, it's crazy. I like, I drive differently. Like, Oh yeah. I, I, I am not as hasty as I used to be. I used to kind of rush from thing to thing. I, uh, Put my, things in perspective. It does. My language has changed drastically, although it still has some work to do. 
Um, and like I used to be, used to be a pretty filthy mouth and, um, and I was always actually really attached to the music that I grew up with too. Um, I no longer listen to the same music. I, I, I only listen to worship music now. And I'm here. That's, that's cool. And, and I like, it's just, it's just amazing. I like everyone tells you like, it'll change you. It'll change you. And you're like, and it does. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure like who I am is who I am. And then that happens to you. And you're like, whoa, I got to make some adjustments here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my language has changed. The way I drive has changed. The way I communicate with my wife has changed. My, my, you know, I, just like we were talking about, I learned that I'm actually way more patient than what I actually was. And it's, it's been a beautiful process. How about this one? I've found that it's given me a real gratitude and appreciation for my parents mm. and Shay's parents. It's like, I now understand why my parents are crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and no, but that, that was, that was a joke, but like, I understand why they do the things we do because now we do the same things. Mm. Like you know, when my mom, I just catch my mom staring at us or, you know, she wants to sit next to us on the couch. Like I get it now. Like, I get it. Yes. And I've had a real, real appreciation even more for my parents too, which I thought was cool. It's kind of the other end of the spectrum, but um, yeah, I don't know if you have felt that too. Uh, absolutely. And honestly, our relationship with our, our parents and our in-laws has changed as well. Um, yeah. Where, you know, some things might in the past, it would frustrate us. Like, and I think that's what you were kind of alluding to as well, you know? Uh, and, and now it's just like, we all get along much better because we, it puts everything in perspective and it gives you a way greater understanding of, of the behavior, um, that you were receiving from, from your, from your parents. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, that was a really awesome little rant. What we just went on, man. Um, I feel like we've got life and babies for longer than we can talk CrossFit, which sounds crazy, but <laughs> I actually, uh, you're kind of the first CrossFitty guy I've had on on the show. Um, right. So uh, yeah, I guess congrats on that. You're my first CrossFit kind of um, <laughs> athlete. You're you're a man of many hats, um, but uh, yeah, um, you know. So it, it's cool that, and it just goes to show, even though we're CrossFitters. It's just, it's a, it's a tiny sliver of, of who we actually are. And it, it goes to show because we've been talking for 50 minutes and, and fitness has been very little of, of our, uh, of our experience so far. Um, the uh, next thing that I, I know, it's, you know, go ahead, no, go ahead after you, no, I was just going to make the point And, you know, I know it's always hard to show that, you know, for example, even social media, but you know, and people get that sort of perception of maybe guys like us you know, 90% of the things we post is fitness and CrossFit, but like really it's probably the reverse ratio when yeah. you really know us. Yeah. Goes to show you, man, you can't, you can't just like, can't just watch the social medias and, and, you know, and, and, and base your perception off of, uh, of who you think someone is or how they are based off of just of what they're posting. Um, the, yeah. Uh, the next thing that I, I'm curious about, and uh, I don't always get to go into this with all my guests, but 
I know you're a man of faith and I was just, I was curious in your story and, and when you, uh, and when you kind of woke up to that, um, and, uh, is it, were you, were you raised that way or, uh, was there a certain, uh, experience that happened and, and, and how has, uh, your faith, uh, just helped you through, you know, through everything, being a father, being an athlete, being a manager, being a coach. Uh, so when did you, uh, have your awakening? Yeah. So I, I grew up in the church. Um, and Lucky. That's cool. I feel like you, you, yeah, you either do or you don't. And I also think it's a good thing and a bad thing. You know, it was kind of one of those things where my parents were heavily involved in the church. I went to church every Sunday and, you know, I was an athlete growing up and I'm, and I'm, now I'm talking early on, but I was playing sports and my sisters really weren't. So a lot of times I have two younger sisters, a lot of times I would be at soccer practice and my sisters would have a babysitter or whatever the situation was. Well, we had one babysitter and it was a woman who attended our church and she would watch my sisters because her son played with me on soccer. And anyways, um, this woman actually led my younger sister when she was 12 years old um, to Christ. And through that, I witnessed what that was like to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And, and from a young age, I made that commitment to my life to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Now, I was 12 years old. I think you kind of just kind of take that for granted going on with your life. And, you know, yes, I believed in Jesus, still went to church every week. But it's like I didn't have that moment where I, I would like had to reach out my hand and like, Jesus, I need your help. Like, I need you to pull me out of this. I'm dedicating my life to you because you laid your life down for mine. Mm. Now, you know, I went through high school and then I went off to college. And I have to say, probably my first two, three years of college wasn't going to church, was hanging out with the guys on the team who were, you know, up in New Jersey. They're there and it wasn't that I in Jesus, but I wasn't doing anything to progress. And I just felt some disconnect there. And I got to a point in like a low point, but I just felt myself drifting. And I think a lot of people go out of seasons like that yeah. and coming out of college and having to be then on my own, and kind of struggling financially, um, I rededicated my life to Christ. And again, it wasn't that I didn't believe, but I wanted to make a more pronounced effort in my walk in faith. And it's been really cool since then. You know, I met my wife, and while my, me and my wife were dating, she committed her life to Christ and got baptized while we were dating, which was one of the best days of my life, Gave me you the know, chills. Next, yeah, ne next to, next to having my son. So, um, you know, it's not an unfortunate thing, but you know, I don't have a story where, you know, I had nowhere to turn. Um, but I think I've just definitely had some waves where I've gone in and out of my face, but it's really cool because, you know, I was the one who helped influence my wife in accepting Christ. But I think now throughout our relationship, and you know, she's almost been the one 
putting the pressure on me and not pressure in a bad way, but just pushing me to level better up. myself. Yeah. Right. Like, man, she has her quiet time every day. And I'll tell you with this quarantine, it's been rough. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but like church was closed for a long time. We have a one-year-old. It's hard to watch it on the live stream. We've skipped plenty of Sundays watching anything. And you know, it's, it's, it's another season where you almost feel like you're starting to drift and, but man, like my wife has been solid and she is the one who's been, you know, and as a man, I hate admitting it, but she's been the one pulling our family right now. Um, but I think that's the cool thing with having a partner you go through life with is you pull each other along or pick each other up or you raise each other's level, um, you know, to keep you guys on the right path. So, and and it like you said it, like it, it's a there's waves and yeah. and it is an ever evolving progressive journey there's not like just this moment where you wake up and you submit and you dedicate your life like that and it's like and it's just set in stone it is a yeah. it is a very progressive uh thing and and i still to this day like there's always little things that just like i i didn't think that i would be able to you know with our lingo pr in and yeah. i i thought i i had like hit my my personal best and and that was my max and um it's 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 that's not the case at all and i i think uh uh well i i think i well i know that we're gonna be learning some lessons and, and, and continuing to grow in our faith and until the day we transition into, uh, our, uh, I guess our non-physical reality and we're living yeah. with the Lord, man. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the coolest aspects of walking with the Lord is that it's you're, you should always be progressing and there, there's never, there's never an end, right? There's never an end point. There's always, something you can improve upon there's there's so many areas that you can work on your faith and, and work on your walk with the lord that mm-hmm. kind of like cross that there's always things you can work on always always yeah. even like and it's it's how much isn't that fun i love i've really enjoyed the process of getting older and and making these small adjustments to my training and still finding things that I can get better at. And, and, yeah. and what a great lesson to like for people to hear, to just like keep, keep searching, keep looking for yeah. ways and aspects that you can refine yourself and, and, and know that it's never over. It's never over. Yeah. And I actually, I was having this conversation with my father-in-law not long ago. I was, uh, he's very well versed in the scriptures. And my, my question kind of was like, do you think we'll have like class when we when we get to heaven? Do you think we'll have like you know will the pro- like I don't think the progression will stop there. I think even when we transition, I think there's still going to be work to do, and uh, yeah. I, I don't know how that training will look. Um, <laughs> and and I you know the mystery of all that is what oftentimes kind of keeps me um, keeps me going is and uh yeah i i think uh for eternity we will probably be continuing to learn lessons and continue to uh refine ourselves and 
and uh, and you know it's it's a long road ahead if you're trying to be like Christ or be you know be like God. <laughs> so that that's that's a that, big I think if you, tall it's a order. Long term, it's daunting. <laughs> it seems impossible, right? I think it's it's one just one of those things where like every day you just have to try to be as Christ-like as you can and take it day by day. Well, um, I was just getting a little distracted by our our time over here. We got 13 minutes left. Um, 13, okay. 13 minutes 13. left. <laughs> um, I I would like to use kind of maybe this this last um, these last moments to um, give you an opportunity to kind of plug anything. I know, um, and I I mentioned to you too that we weren't going to spend a bunch of time talking about all your, your physical accomplishments. Um, but it's hard to like, it's hard to avoid the, what you've been able to accomplish. And, uh, and, uh, from what I understand, you've, you've documented that experience, um, pretty well. And you have a, a ebook available. Is that correct? Yeah, I do. I'm not trying to make a ton of money off of it. Uh, I've just gotten a lot of people who have asked about my training and wanted some sort of training because they've now set similar goals to themselves. So really all I did, I just wrote down all of the running and squatting I did for those 10 weeks and compiled it into a running and squatting program. Um, and people have really enjoyed it. And it, it's, it's been cool for me to hear people's experience, uh, you know, with where they started and where they ended and people are having like this realization where like, Oh, I can get strong and fast at the same time. Like, that's possible in my training. Like cardio doesn't kill strength. Mm. Um, so I think it's kind of been eye opening to people. And I think, you know, cooler than the feet, like it's been very cool for me to see everybody's reaction on what I did, but then also like how that, they, how they see that they can apply that to their own style of training. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, I appreciate you humbling yourself and, and what you accomplished and, and all that. That's, that's really cool. But you you are a huge inspiration, and and how cool for you to get to to get to hear that stuff, man, and and, and kind of and show people that show people what's possible that you know you 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 can you can do these things. Yeah, and I think I think that was the coolest thing for me. Like I did it, and in my head I was like, yeah, I knew I could do it. But I think the cool part for me was seeing everybody's reaction. And kind of how mind blown they were and how supportive everybody was and just the people, everybody on social media talking about it. And I mean, the, you know, the reach that it got was, it it blew my mind. It was like, that was cooler for me (laughs) to see what everybody else had to say rather than just what I thought of it. Yeah, it was, it was, (laughs) you were really sneaky about it and kind of. And, and it like, I didn't want to change myself. And like, when I went for it, I didn't didn't want to not hit it. And I I talked it up and be like, Oh crap. Well, didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. But then when you did it, it was all that I saw. And I follow, I'm ignorant with the amount of people that I follow. Like I, I, I follow way too much. Uh, And it, it, it probably helps me out too, because it's like, it's so random and 
There's yeah. just so much like it's, it makes it like pretty easy for me to like get on, flip through and then I'm done. Um, yeah. and, uh, but that like when you did that, it's all that was in my feed. It was the only thing. I think, I think it was really good timing too with nothing, <laughs> nothing going on. And that wasn't my intent, but if it was going to happen at a time, like it was perfect timing. Be like, and, and this was right after the whole Greg thing and CrossFit was half the people weren't even mm. calling themselves cross. Like, I feel like CrossFit just needed something. Yeah. And again, like perfect timing with quarantine and the whole CrossFit going down and burning in flames. Like, I think everybody just got behind it because they needed something positive to rally around. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. I'm just glad that I, I was, I had the opportunity to be that person. Yeah, man. Where, where can people find you, Adam? And uh, if they're interested in learning what's possible with their own feats of strength and their, their own abilities as, uh, as a running athlete, where can people find you and, and get your ebook? Sure. I keep it simple. My Instagram handle is at Adam Clink, just my name. And I have everything linked in my bio. So you can find the ebook um, and some other things under there. Awesome. Um, well, cool, man. Um, I kind of, kind of hit all my things. I, like I said, I really, I really just wanted to talk about just kind of fatherhood and, and we got to talk about nutrition a little bit and the importance of that, not only just as athletes, but just supporting uh, the household as well. Um, got to talk about your ebook. Um, and, uh, and, uh, oh, you're just, I'm, I'm blown away with, your schedule, dude, like you, you, <laughs> it's a mess. It works. You, you're up and at it real early. Do you train at 5. AM? No, I coach. You coach, I coach at five, 5 and 6. AM. I get my training in at 7. AM. I coach the 8. AM. I sometimes get something small and after, and then I have my son in the middle of the day and then I go. So right now I'm typically coaching back at the gym for another block of time. You're more important. So, um, but then, you know, I have an afternoon shift, I get home, it's dinner, it's bath time, it's bedtime. And then it's like, okay, I can finally do all the email and stuff that I need to do. So it's hard to get to bed on time sometimes, but wow, dude. I, it's one of those things, man. Like I just try not to take my schedule for granted. Like the fact that I get, a, you know, a couple hours in the middle of the day to spend with my son, I literally had a conversation with a dad at the gym about how cool he thought my schedule was because he was like, I never got to spend the middle of the day with any of my mm. kids. Like I worked eight to five and I just, I think that's literally 99% of Americans. And I, I just, I, I don't take that for granted. And it's, I know it's just time that I'll never get back. Yeah. Wow. Well, when I, when I look at you, Adam, and when I hear you talk and I hear you share your, your testimony and your, your, your work ethic and your work schedule and, and, and how well you're uh, applying yourself to all aspects of your life. When I, when I see you and I look at you, I just think it can be done. And I, I'm just, I'm honored for this time that I got to spend with you. Um, and I know you run a really tight schedule and you got a lot going on. Um, but you're such an inspiration to me and everyone out there. And, and like I said, when I look at you, I just, I think like, wow, it, it can be done. And it, and it, it motivates me to, um, to, yeah, to, 
to be like you and and to and to know that I I too have the ability to to do these things and I can I can be strong I can be fast I can be a good father I can be a good husband I can be a good coach I can manage a gym and I know it's like life seems overwhelming for people at times but and 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 it's probably sometimes a little discouraging um, you know maybe when I think sometimes in the when you're in the industry and you've been around it for a while and you and nutrition like comes pretty easy to us and and training comes pretty easy to us just because we've been doing it for a while but just like to know that it can be done and I'm just I'm so thankful for for your time and, and getting to hear all this stuff dude you you've you're firing me up and and it, it's making me want to be a um, a better person in, in all avenues well, hey, thank you, man. And it gives me chills because, like I said, when we first started, like those feelings you have towards me, which, you know, it, it doesn't make sense in my head, but like I have those feelings towards you and I value our friendship. And our friendship has been one where we would see each other competitions, give each other a big, big hug. Hope you're doing good, man. And you're off to your heat or I'm off to my heat. So this has been really, really awesome. Um, and I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I, I, very much so value your friendship and just know that going forward that you're not alone. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know just because I'm a year ahead of you in this journey doesn't know, mean I know any more than you. I've just maybe gone through a, f- a few more experiences of things. So um, I just think as dads, you know, lean on each other when, when you need it or you're feeling lost yeah. um, because somebody's done it, you yeah. know, and again, it's nothing that's been down in the book. I can assure you that. Um, but I think it's comforting to know that, you know, there's guys like you and myself who are going through it and we're still able to get it done and be a good husband. Um, and dude, definitely so much mutual admiration there. Cool, man. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely reach out to you if, uh, if I need some support and uh, know that you can always do the same, man. I'll be, uh, I'll be praying for you and you're, you're, always on my heart. And I, I think about you guys all the time and I, I love your, I love your Instagram. I, I love the words with Noah and, uh, <laughs> just, just keep being, uh, just keep being a bright light at them. And, and, um, just thank you. Hey, thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. Yep. Pleasure to have you, man.